Do you ever think about the call takers and dispatchers at 911? They're the unsung heroes of our public safety system, the first among first responders. Their jobs are stressful and demanding, yet they keep us safe and calm in life or death situations every day. Let's join together and thank the professionals at 911 for being there when we need them most, for saving lives and protecting communities. Show your support for 911. Visit thankyou911.org. That's thankyou911.org. We have ignition sequence start. Short distance, high impact. Five, four, three, two. All engines running. Ten questions with Adam Joir. Big names, great minds. Make yourself a cup of tea. Liftoff. We have liftoff. Welcome back to Ten Questions. This week, I'm interviewing Brett Tucker. Australians will know Brett for his work on McLeod's Daughters, Saddle Club and Neighbours. He moved to America about six years ago and since then he's appeared on NCIS, Castle, Thor and he starred in four seasons of Mistresses for America's ABC. Recently he completed a block on FX's The Americans and last year he returned to Australia to film the forthcoming ABC series Newson's Law opposite Claudia Carvan. Now, despite often being cast as the heartthrob with his shirt off, Brett's one of the funniest guys I know. We put him in Agony Uncles and Lowdown, and he was hilarious in both. If this conversation sounds overly familiar, it's because I've known Brett since the late 90s, and as usual, I start things off by asking him when he was most happy. When was I most happy? Probably, um... It's probably a dead heat between... When I was playing football for Warburton, just being actually on the field and playing football, and, and uh, you know, when you play football, you don't think about anything else except your mates and getting the football, which is a real kind of meditation experience. Yeah. And, I, and the reason, I, I still dream about it all the time. Every two months minimum, I dream I'm playing football on the Warburton football ground. And I think that's a reflection on that kind of how, how much it affected, how, much, how great it was, yeah. that experience. And the other time was probably somewhere in the middle of drama school. I think, because it was doing what I wanted to do without any sort of, you know, monetary kind of... There was no expectation, so you could just do and explore and do whatever you wanted. Yeah. They're probably the two times I've been most happy. And so it's all been downhill since then, really? It's all been downhill, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all... Well, I guess football's not professional, is it? Yeah, yeah. everything else has been awful. <laughs> Brad has channeled his unhappiness into being very successful in the US and he's recently just bought an amazing house in Venice Beach and we're doing this podcast from the rooftop of that house and that's why you can hear the wind coming through the microphones. I apologise but I wanted to do it because how often do you get to do a podcast from a rooftop in Venice? Now because Brett has made the sacrifice of living 15 hours away from his friends and family, I asked him if he felt the pressure to do well or particularly to make money. Yeah, particularly right now because I just bought a house. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, definitely uh, I've been living like a teenager. This is part of the becoming an adult deal. I, I mean, I'm a late bloomer, clearly, but this is part This is about part of that. Is, yeah, I certainly feel the pressure, but, um, you know, why not? You've got you've got to do it at some point, right? It's good. And, and do you find that your, your, your memories of home uh, become more... Do your memories become clearer as the longer you're actually here? 
You mean of where I grew up or just in Melbourne in general? Just, just yeah, I guess in both instances. Cause people do say that your memories of childhood become clearer as you get older. But you're also... You're, not, you're also living over here. You're living in LA, which is yeah. from home. Yeah, well, it's funny you mention that because I've been looking at it quite closely. Not that I like to kind of wallow around in the past or anything, but I have been looking at my childhood recently for for various reasons, and um, and it has become a lot clearer. Yeah. Certainly, the you know growing up and how you know how that affects your you, you, your life as an adult and the journey that you've taken from being a child and going, wow, look at that, look where I yeah. went there. And, yeah, it's pretty cool. Acting's taken Brett all over the world and more recently he's been learning French and spending a lot of time in Paris. So things have been pretty cool for the boy from Warburton. Question two, mate. Who would you like to apologise to and why? There's too many, really. There's too many to think of. Um... Shit, I didn't think about this one. Who would I like to apologise to? Everything. Oh, I know who it is. I'd like to apologise to Peter Preston. He was this kid in primary school, and I banged his head up against the shoulder shed. And and you know, I, we um we had a lot of we grew up in a country town. Wherever you go, there's bullies. And I was I was not a fighter at all. And but there was a lot of fighters, and I got bullied. And that day, I bullied him. Yeah, right. I bullied him that day. I was the other guy, and I and I pushed him up against the shoulder shed. And that was grade four or something, and it still stuck with me. Yeah. It was good you haven't done it since, obviously. No, I haven't done it since, um, unless I had my head pushed up against the shoulder shed first, then I kind of retaliated. But, and then there's probably the occasion, there's probably a few other people I should apologise to. Who'll <laughs> remain nameless? <laughs> remain nameless, exactly. Um, yeah, cause you, would you have been a tall kid? Were you a tall kid? No, I was a late bloomer. Yeah, right. e- even in, And um, I'm going to use that as an excuse now to still behave like a teenager. But I was a late bloomer in a lot of ways, um, but physically, definitely. I was probably, you know, when you're a kid and six months makes a big difference, and I was younger than the kids in right. my... But then on top of that, I was a late bloomer as well. So I didn't really become tall until about 16 yeah 15 16 17 and that's when i really started going about going better at football obviously yeah moving yeah. the forward line yeah moving the forward line exactly a bit more confidence and all that jazz there was a chance that you were going to play you know because you until you broke your leg which happened in drama school right oh uh, look no i like to think that there was a chance i was going to play but <laughs> but um i like to think it too yeah i was i went i mean i went okay but by the time i got to drop by the time I got to drama school, I was playing in a country town in Warburton, and um, I, I, I there was I had a bunch of injuries. I got my nose broken, you know, I was on crutches, and um, and that's when I stopped playing. It, it was like stay in drama school or stay playing country football, yeah. and I loved. And at that point, my it was a big deal. It was my brother was captain coach, and he'd returned from playing in the AFL and the VFL, and so it was a big deal. And we'd never won a premiership at that club before, and and I was going really well, and uh, and then I um. And yeah, I was playing in the rock actually, and I did my, did my ankle, and then it was a, I had to I had to kind of make a choice, which will lead to one of your other questions, which is, what's your greatest regret? Hey, question three, Brett. What is your greatest regret? Well, it's missing out on the premiership with Warburton Milgrove Football Club. My brother, captain coach, and I had been playing up until I I smashed my ankle, and uh, that was the club's first ever premiership. And I was, I think I was coming second in the votes up until about round six, and then I didn't play the rest of the season. Mister, Mister. That's Gr- tough. 
It was a tough one. My brother, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was a big deal. It was a huge thing for the town, for the for the club. Um, and I had to make a choice. I tried to make a comeback after the injury, and and I, it just didn't work. And I went, I've got to make, I've got to commit to this drama school thing. Even though at that point I really was not a hundred percent sure about it. I was. It wasn't until second year that I went, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But yeah, that's my regret missing out on that grand final. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And did they give you a medal anyway? No. <laughs> You're coming no. second in the votes and you played six? Yeah. No, I did not get a medal at all. No, no. Um, and I didn't even go on the footy trip. I was oh. kind of... I, it was a bad... It was a, it was a sad... You felt alienated during that time, obviously. I did. I went back. Obviously, I watched the games, and you know, and uh, but I definitely felt alienated. And, you know, there was a few guys that were kind of annoyed at me that I'd chosen this acting thing. Like, what the hell are, yeah. what are you doing? What are you talking about? Yeah. And, uh, and thank God it's kind of worked out all right in the end because yeah. cause, uh, it would have been a, an even bigger regret. Yeah, but it's amazing how many people do go into the arts after they get sick or an injury. They have some time to think about things like you know Rebel Wilson got malaria and was in a hospital for six months in Africa and that's when she decided she was going to be an actress oh is that right yeah yeah you hear this kind of oh, wow. all the time you know it's like a bit of time in your hands and you go well I probably want to choose a creative life Right. Well, I always wanted to be an actor even before, like, as a kid, as a really, really young kid. The football thing just came in because that's what you did in the country. Yeah. Um, but I always wanted to be an actor. It wasn't. It, it was just that I was at drama school and playing footy at the same time, yeah. and so I was I was rocking up to drama school on crutches and trying to do both. But but I um, it was always it was always the thing I wanted to do was act. It's such a strange thing in those days of drama schools that the idea that you're playing footy just know, did not compute. No, the, the the drama school you thought there was prejudice on the football field. Think about is twice as bad at drama yes. school. What yes. are you playing football for? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was, we, you know, we had a movement class at drama school too, and I remember just standing in the corner with my arms folded going what what is this in your tights in in well <laughs> no I, I managed to miss the tights actually i was very lucky acting schools have movement classes it's where you learn to dance or pretend to be an animal my movement teacher hated my interpretation of a cat and my dancing was even worse turned out brett's movement teacher didn't like him much either you know i was standing around like a football player in, yeah. in movement class arms folded standing there kind of watching yeah. and she thought i was just this arrogant Again, I, the truth was, I was terrified. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to look like an absolute. <laughs> I am. I do not fit in here right now. And I'm in the corner with my arms folded, and she was like, she walked up and just kind of mimicked me, and she's like, "What are you doing?" You know. And I, I just, I, I nothing. She just crumbled. But um, yeah, felt very out of place. But you know, second year started to get, to get into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I felt movement, man. Um, I can tell. I was going to say. Yeah. I've just been watching you move, and I don't know. Horrible. <laughs> so I failed movement. Get a bike in second year. Um, da- the dance. I was just apparently. Scott, I've got no rhythm, so I was just apparently. I learned the dance, and I learned when everyone moved. Right. Because I don't have a musical ear. Right. And so I think it was a fraction just before everybody else. Oh right. So I was out of time. Yeah. Fail. I get that. I tried Soul Cycle the other day. Have you tried that? You've got to no. dance on the bike. You got to pedal to the music and move to the music. Yeah, right. Don't do it to yourself. I love how you try all these things. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of really good-looking women. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Question four, mate. We'll get to that. Question four: What will you still need to do to forgive the dissatisfactory life? Probably, um, 
it's probably uh, probably it's probably family related you know related yeah. having a family and, and doing all that and maybe that might not be my story so I've either got to have self acceptance around that or actually start a family yeah probably that's the truth it's kind of boring isn't it no it's not mate it's isn't a, it? it's a it's a massive thing yeah it's a big so deal you've bought so you've got the house now so you yes. just need the family <laughs> well exactly I, I thought you know, you build it they will come all yeah. that jazz because it wasn't going the other way and uh, <laughs> it wasn't working the other way so but also you know it is a, I've always struggled with commitment on every level and that includes the football yeah. like at the moment I started playing really well football and went this guy, this guy can play and then I was like wait a second you don't actually expect me to do this every week you know? <laughs> and then drama school you know I went to drama yeah. school and, and I went to the National Theatre Drama School that was part time because I wasn't didn't want to commit to VCA or go to night I wanted to just put my ass half in and half out yeah and then so that that's an issue America America back and forth yeah and even when I moved to Melbourne exactly the same moved to Melbourne from Auburn I went to uh Seville Mm. And then uh, Warialek, you know, and then I went to Montrose and then I went back to Warburton and then went back down to Croydon and then I went to Caulfield and back to Warburton and then finally moved to Melbourne. And then I did the same thing with America for years, just, just, just you know, second guessing and, oh, I don't know. Well, I'm the same, mate, but it'd be yeah. like a skittish horse kind skittish. of. Skittish, yeah. Skittish. So this is a big, it's a big commitment. I mean, I, I you know, I had a place in Melbourne for a while and that I, that I sold. That was a commitment back then. That felt scary. Yeah. This feels way scarier. Yeah. But it's, um, but it, it's definitely a uh, for me. Well, it's just time, and but it's, it feels really good to fully commit to something. Yeah, and 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 just see what happens, you know. And the universe applauds that. But uh, that's what they yeah. say. I am um, better. Question five, mate. Who is the person who most influenced you, and how? Hmm. It's. Pr- I mean, it's probably the obvious ones. My father, and my probably my brother. Um. Just in terms of it's very self-will, very strong self-will men. The men in my life, just unbelievable solo kind of loner, do-it-yourself kind of guys. And I got a healthy dash of that along with a healthy dash of (laughs) self-doubt. So it's this bizarre mix. Whereas they don't, they didn't have so much of that self-doubt stuff, I don't think. But, But that, you know, that got me... That got me a fair a fair way. It doesn't get doesn't get yeah. you uh, happiness or or, or, or um, satisfaction. Going back to your other question and and all that, but it definitely that determination and self will and do it yourself kind of attitude. It doesn't. It has it has influenced me a lot. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you had those. You had strong male role models. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird because I had a bro- it was a broken kind of dis- you know family bit all over the place, but those were the guys and they were very like my father and my brother very much like just I will get it done no matter what anyone thinks. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and is your brother like your father? Well, my father passed away about two years ago, and they it's strange that because of that I think they they clashed. They were both very strong willed yeah. men and. Um, my brother didn't like being told what to do, and neither did my dad. And so my, my brother kind of... They, they sort of had a, a falling out that seemed like it really came out of nothing from my perspective, and it's true. It was more just an ego thing. Mm. So they were very similar, but but they kind of didn't really... They weren't on the best of terms for a long time yeah. until until Dad got sick. Yeah. Which is it sounds such a cliche, isn't it? But he's the older brother, right? He's the older brother. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah I mean, fathers and sons, mate, it's long... It's long. Of history of that. Yeah, that's why I haven't got around to it. It sounds like too much hard work. 
It's hard enough with me mates, let alone having a bloody kid. <laughs> That's right, mate. You have a few kids as mates. Um, question six. When was the last time you cried and why? Well, there's two... Well, the, the, the very last... Hang on, I... I'm trying to actually... Oh, you know what? The last time I cried was actually when I moved into the house. I had a little cry out the back. Because yeah. because I... Because um, I was... I was... I was sitting at the back and I, and I was here on my own and um, put the lights on and it's a really nice place. It feels like my home for the first time ever. And I was, I had a little cry because I, because my dad never got to see it. And I was kind of thinking about him, you know, and he would have been very proud. And you know, he he grew up without anything. Like yeah. that's why he was such a self-willed driven man because yeah. he grew up in a very poor household. He had to look after his two siblings. There's no dad there, and. He busted his... He was a workaholic, like, just worked his whole... And so I just think he would have been really proud. I mean, it's. I'm sure there's a lot of people who have bought houses. Probably doesn't sound like that big a deal, but for me, it's, you know, it's just fresh, and it's a home, finally. It's those kind of those markers, though, having yes, kids, buying a house. Yes, totally. Yeah. Or um, buying a house and then having kids, yeah. in my case. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> it would be like the great Gatsby. <laughs> it's possible. I do have a robe. You know what? I've actually had a robe with JG on it because I played Gatsby in the play. Of course, mate. So I actually used to have this robe, you know. And Brett's similarities to Jay Gatsby don't end there. He also refers to people as old sport, which I find quite endearing. Question seven. What is your current state of mind? Wow. I didn't see that question. That's a good one. Um, I, my current, my current state of mind, it's uh, constantly fluctuating. Um, it's what is my my current? I've just moved into this house, so it's it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. I'm a bit all over the place, but I'm, I'm I'm in a pre, I'm in a pretty good frame of mind. I'm hopeful. Um, I'm a bit nervous. So I just came out of it out of a contract, so I need to get work. Um, but I'm I'm feel I feel really. Um, my current state of mind is hopeful and pretty excited. In a general, yeah. you know, that changes moment to moment. But generally speaking, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty pretty hopeful and, and kind of excited about about just about right now rather than the future for a change that's what it is so to put my finger on it my current state of mind is I finally feel like I can actually just be present rather than worrying about the future Mm. or the past for a moment yeah and that's a new thing Mate, that's amazing. Yeah. That you've got that. Is that yep. like meditation or? It's meditation, but also committing to have being somewhere. Yeah. It's really come out of that. Like I, I, I've felt like I've been living like a, like a teen, teenager, but also like a bit of a nomad, like yeah. without any fixed address. And I've and I've gotten really tired of that, and stressed about it. You know, living in that yeah, apartment yeah. was just I did not enjoy it. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. So I feel it's because of just committing to to being somewhere. That's that's the main thing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, question eight. What do you consider your greatest achievement? Um, I'd like to say it was the reserves grand final. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I think probably my first professional acting job would have to be would have to be. What was that? It was, you know, it was just something I got paid for, but it was an SEC like corporate training video, <laughs> and I just got, I got paid for it. And I couldn't, be, you know, I just couldn't believe it that I got. That was actually before I went to drama school as well. But it, it, you know, I had, uh, I got an agent after doing some amateur theatre, the same agent that you have. Yeah, and, did and you, is it true that you wrote the letter, dear sir, madam? Yeah, he still got it. He pulled it out the other day. 
on the on the phone. This is Aaron Michael. Well, why did he um, why did he pull it out on the phone? He likes to just kind of talk about the. He just loves to. He was going to read it. He was going to read it out to me. Well, you just rang him up for a chat, and he said, oh, "I've got something." Yeah, no, he talks about it quite frequently. He's yeah. t- he tells people out here. Fortieth, I remember. Him yeah, that's speech. right. That's right. He actually brings it up more lately. He didn't bring it up at all for about fifteen years, and now he, now he brings it up all the time. He's fairly sentimental in his old age. <laughs> Uh, I think I should clarify, Aaron's not old, he's in his mid-40s and very fit. And uh, I was 19, I was living, actually I would have been, yeah, about 19, playing, I, I remember exactly where I was when I, I when I spoke to them on the phone and, and I wrote this letter, I was in my mate's house, which was the Millgrove Milk Bar, which is the town next to Warburton, and um, and I wrote a hand letter, letter, uh, written letter on A4 and I uh, just... with a 10 by 8 did you have the photo with the letter? I don't think I even had a... Te- oh, no, I just had a photo. Yeah. Just a photo. Have you snapped? I had my girlfriend take some photo- oh, yeah. photos in front of the A-frame, a house in Millgrove, <laughs> and uh, sent that in with a letter saying, you know, I'm probably Marlon Brando. No, I write... I actually, it was more like a beg. I think if you raise like, I oh, please, <laughs> sir, I want to be an actor. I have no clue what I'm doing. But is it true, were you his first client? Like, because he was, because he's actual first client. Yes, yes. I I, I was definitely one of the first. I don't know if I was the, but I was certainly one of the first and and that that when he created his own agency, we went along. And what, how many years have you been with him for? So it's 25 years. Holy smoke. He's now been with him for 20. That's crazy, isn't it? We're part of the old firm. We're, we're, it's official. <laughs> it's officially old. <laughs> He's moved on with uh, bigger and better now, I might add. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if it wasn't for that, we'd be working right now, not doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Despite representing Margot Robbie and Carrie Bickmore, I must say that Aaron works very hard for us. And it's totally our fault that the week Brett and I recorded this podcast, we were both gainfully unemployed. Question nine. Who would you want in your side? Sorry. Who would you want on your side in a battle and why? Oh, wow. I mean, probably... The first person that just pops to mind with just about anything is my brother. Just because yeah. he's so strong, he's so aggressive. <laughs> you know, What's his he, actual name? His name's Mark. 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 Okay. Yeah, it's probably him because, you know, he's... We, he and I had a, I had a, I had a really tough time with him growing up. He was a, he was a real, he was a, a very aggressive, strong, frightening presence. And then once we got a bit older and we were playing football together, well, whatever, just when we grew up, he's just a really good person to have in your corner if he decides to be in your corner. Yeah, right. In any way. Yeah. Physically, like, yeah, yeah. like he got, he's, he's just one of those guys, you know. But even just as far as business or life stuff, like if he wants to do something, he just gets it done. And What's he do? He's a builder at his own construction company. Yeah, right. right Infinity right. Uh, Buildings, if you're out there looking for a home. <laughs> well, he's, that, he actually sounds like the type of guy, you know. Yeah. Self-made. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And who did he play footy for? He played at, uh, he started in Warburton. Uh, in fact, he started in Bundura. Well, this is getting his whole career. Uh, <laughs> then he, he went on, he was at uh, Essendon for a little while. Yeah. And then he played at, um, he played at Camberwell when, um, Kekovic was coaching. Jeez, it was funny. Fuck. It was hilarious. And then he went and played with Preston for a long time. Yeah, right. Played in the EDFL as well at Ringwood, East Ringwood. Yeah. Um, he coached Mitchum as well. Captain wow. coached Mitchum. And then uh, in, in between there, he won a premiership for Ford as well. Did he give a good spray? 
You know what? He was a, he was not like very rarely. Like, yeah. when he did it really counted because he wasn't an aggressive. He was a very quiet talker. Yeah. And I remember when he was, which is not you know he's an aggressive dude, but he was very smart. He was a smart coach, and he um and and so he would bring everyone really tight. And I remember you know this is a Warburton Football Club, and he he was only 25 when he coached them. Yeah. And uh and um you know and all the locals like he doesn't talk loud enough. You know he doesn't yell enough. You know you know so but when he got into it when he was when you because he had a everyone had their he was really about you know you, this is your job you do that job and you know that's how it works and so if they weren't he was just very specific about exactly the roles that you played yeah and yeah. um that's and, good yeah yeah and um and so he would give individual sprays generally yeah right. uh, occasionally yeah. when you didn't do what you you know but he was he was a, no he was pretty fo- focused dude and, um and did he so he would have been under sheets at, as a, as a, yeah that's right um so just him on your side, on your side? Anyone else? Anyone else? Oh, jeez, I'd probably my uh, probably my sister actually. She's yeah. kind of scary too. <laughs> <laughs> she wears the pants in our family. Yeah, my sister's pretty. Definitely my sister. Great, that's awesome. And if the final question, mate. Who would you? Sorry. And the final question, buddy. What would you like your last words to be? My last words to be. Um, my last words are. Well, that was a good rehearsal. <laughs> Should we go for one? <laughs> we have ignition sequence start. Short distance, high impact. Five, four, three, two, all engines running. Ten questions with Adam Zwar. Big names, great minds. Make yourself a cup of tea. Liftoff. We have liftoff. 